What's up, y'all? My name is Anthony. I am one half of the Weird Crew Podcast, along with my amazing co-host, Cynthia. We are a couple of flight attendants with amazing stories about travel and life on the road, but that's not what our podcast is about. We're the Weird Crew Podcast because we're, well, weird. If you consider yourself to be a fellow weirdo, then this podcast is going to be just what you're looking for. We have episodes on a lot of weird and interesting subjects, including aliens, ghosts, Jack the Ripper, cults, weird dreams, astral projection, you name it, there's probably a topic we've discussed. We also talk to a lot of interesting guests, actors, musicians, politicians, people we find interesting. If you like the strange, if you like the weird, if you want another really good podcast to add to your lineup of already really good podcasts, then check us out. The Weird Crew Podcast out right now wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Weird Crew Podcast and send us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, stay weird. Aloha, gangi. So happy to see you back here on the beach. Thank you for joining me on the Ghost Lore of Hawaii podcast. That trailer that you just heard was for the Weird Crew podcast. I want to shout out Anthony and Sin for featuring me on my first ever interview. Catch all my awkwardness as we chat Hawaii, ghosts, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Check them out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other major platforms. This episode covers another famous ghostly apparition well known to the residents of Hawaii. Stories of the faceless woman of the Wailai Drive-In Theater have been told for decades, and although the original haunted structure has been long demolished, Sightings of this famous spirit continue to be reported. So sit back, enjoy the bonfire with your green bottle and green other stuffs. Get comfortable and let's get into this. Michelle took a deep breath, an attempt to calm the butterflies in her stomach. She was excited for her first date with Kalani, a boy she'd met while cruising the beach the other week. Michelle was combing the sand in search of puka shells to make a necklace with, puka in Hawaiian meaning hole. These tiny shells have a natural hole in the center, kind of like a donut, small kind. Enough of these shells, strung together on fishing line, made beautiful necklaces popularized in the 1960s and 70s. Michelle, eyes focused on the ground, searching for shells, didn't see Kalani fishing along the shore. She plowed into the tall, skinny teen. Oh! Easy. Nearly knocking him over. Watch where you go. Oh, he- hello. Oh my gosh, are you okay? Oh yeah, 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 no worries. I'm so sorry. No worries. That was my fault. 
Kalani was 19. How is it your fault? With dark skin from long days spent on his dad's fishing boat. Michelle was also 19. She grew up on Maui and had just moved to Oahu with her parents. Although she visited Honolulu many times, living on the gathering place, Oahu's nickname, was still very new to her. Street names and popular hangouts were foreign, and she had only met a few people her age. After a few minutes of chat, each blushing at different points in the conversation, Kalani asked Michelle out. I'll show you the town, the ins and outs, but for our first date, how about we go to a movie? Michelle agreed, and the date was arranged. The destination for the date, the Wailai Drive-In Theater, a few miles east of Waikiki. Opened in 1956, it became a popular destination, outlasting a lot of the other drive-ins on Oahu. Theaters were frequented by teens looking for a safe place to park their cars and make out. Not like Morgan's Corner. Michelle excused herself to go to the restroom to freshen up. She knew drive-in theaters were make-out spots and already passed several cars with teens going at it. Eh, calm down, guys. Movie hasn't even started. As she strolled towards the small building that held the concessions and the restrooms, she blushed at the thought of Kalani being her boyfriend. What a perfect night. The concrete interior of the restroom was cold compared to the warm Oahu night. Blue-white glow from the fluorescent lights illuminated the four-stall washroom. A red counter with three sinks stretched across one side of the room opposite the stalls. A large wall-to-wall mirror directly above the sinks. After doing her thing, she stood in front of the mirror of the empty restroom and washed her hands. She placed her purse on the counter as she searched for her lipstick. (laughs) Michelle turned around towards the direction of the crying. The stall furthest left was closed. Oh, I didn't even see someone come in. Wanting to give the person privacy, she kept to herself and continued searching for her makeup. The crying stopped suddenly, and besides the hum of the lights, it was silent. Uh, Oh, here it is. Michelle leaned forward as she applied her rouge lipstick. Didn't think I knew that, huh? Then puckered her lips to even it out. She straightened her body up again and began inspecting her outfit for lint or wrinkles. 
Michelle eyed the stall through the mirror's reflection while continuing to brush off imaginary debris from her dress. Then, the stall door creaked open, leaving a four or five inch gap. Hello? Are you okay? Michelle called out, turning to face the stalls. She took a step forward, paused, then continued slowly until she stood in front of the partially closed stall door. She felt her heart beating faster than it should be. Is everything okay? (laughs) Loud crying caught Michelle off guard, and she jumped back. Miss, I'm gonna come in, okay? I just want to make sure you're okay. Michelle's hand slowly lifted towards the swing door of the stall, but waited a second for a response that did not come. Miss, I'm coming in, okay? Three, two, one, doors opening. Michelle gently opened the door, unsure of what she would find. Sister had a bad breakup? Family member kicked the bucket? Rude. As the door fully opened, Michelle was caught off guard by what she saw. A woman dressed in a long red kimono that stretched to the floor. A kimono being the traditional Japanese attire wrapped around the body and secured with an obi, a belt or a sash. The traditional attire sticking out like a sore thumb. The woman's face was buried in her hands as she sobbed, cowering in the rear corner of the stall. She had beautiful jet black hair draped over the hands that covered the woman's face. The crying intensified. <laughs> Miss, are, are you hurt? Michelle was midway through her schooling at the community college to become a nurse just three years back then, so had seen many abused women before. The woman continued to cry softly into her hands. Michelle shivered, suddenly realizing how much colder it was in the stall. Even though her body felt sudden anxiety, Michelle was not afraid. Miss, do you need me to get someone for you? The woman's cries were starting to freak Michelle out. At times, she couldn't tell if it was crying or laughing. Then... All of a sudden, the woman with the jet black hair stopped crying and began to slowly turn towards Michelle. Her hands lowered as she rotated to face the confused teen. What the fuck? What the fuck? Michelle stumbled, falling backwards out of the stall. 
She hit the concrete ground hard, but continued pushing herself back towards the sink counter. The woman in the stall was now fully facing Michelle, hands down, to showcase the terror that was her face. Or should I say, lack of face. Where the woman's eyes, nose, and mouth should have been was just a smooth canvas of skin stretched across her face. Sunken sections of porcelain skin that should have been eyes glared at Michelle. The sudden indentation in the taut skin from the now gaping mouth horrified the teen. A muffled moan emerged from deep within the faceless woman. Then the Obake ghost began to rise up enough where Michelle saw she had no legs. Michelle didn't care how filthy or wet the restroom floor was. She scrambled for dear life towards the exit, scuffing knees and elbows in the process. Her feet gained traction, allowing her to run, and run she did, screaming out of the Wailai Theater restroom. Kalani stood in line at the concession, waiting to order. His feet ached, more used to rubber slippers than the shoes he wore. Then, Kalani was suddenly hit with the feeling of dread and panic. He doubled over, hands on his knees. What's going on? Next! Eh! No palu! Go toilet if you're gonna throw up! The cashier shouted. Damn kids can't handle their alcohol. Kalani stood upright and controlled his breathing. No, no, I'm I'm okay. And I'm I'm not drunk. You guys taking so long, I thought I was gonna starve to death. Nah nah jokes. After ordering, he stepped to the side to wait for his food, keeping an eye on the restrooms for Michelle. The sky was clear and had already transitioned to the black of night. What's going on in there? Kalani heard the commotion before seeing it. <gasps> the sound of gasps and concern. Oh my gosh. In this case, people reacting to the screams emitting from the woman's restroom. He bolted from the concession area towards the bathroom. Several people stood frozen, staring at the entrance. Screams could be heard. But before Kalani or anyone else could rush in to assist, Michelle burst through the door. Everyone jumped back, startled. As she ran, 
the crowd saw several steps behind her was the faceless woman. Her pale, outstretched hands gaining on Michelle. Just as the ghoul reached the poor girl, it vanished in front of everyone's eyes. Oh, where she went? Michelle collapsed to the ground, sobbing. Kalani rushed over to console her. At least no one could say it wasn't a memorable date. <laughs> That's messed up. There are other versions of the story that contradict the haunting is of a sad or crying ghost. Witnesses say they've had experiences that were the opposite. The story goes, a woman heads to the restroom to freshen up. She's in front of the mirror and suddenly notices a woman standing at the sink furthest from her brushing her hair. This woman, again, was wearing a red kimono, her straight, jet-black hair obscuring her face. Then, as if this mysterious woman knew she was being stared at, slowly began to turn towards the victim to reveal that terrifying gap that was her face. Some people, like Kalani, felt sudden waves of dread while at the drive-in. These panic attacks would start and stop just as quickly and victims were random. In previous episodes, I've mentioned how many of the immigrants that set up roots in Hawaii during the plantation era not only brought their food and culture, but they brought their ghosts. I looked into other mythology from around the world and found Japan also has stories of the faceless woman. Japanese even have a name for this malevolent spirit. Nopera Bo. A for Africa. These yokai, or apparitions in Japanese, impersonate humans only to reveal a blank, smooth sheet of skin where their face should be. Often, Nopera Bo trick people by disguising themselves as someone familiar to the victim, only to reveal the shocking truth. No one knows for sure, but some say the origin of the faceless lady dates back to before the turn of the 20th century. 
In the late 1800s and early 1900s, immigrants, mostly from Asia, flocked to Hawaii under the promise of lucrative contracts to work the sugar plantations. Most planned to make enough money to send to their families and eventually move back to their home countries. But after relocating to Hawaii, it was quickly apparent these immigrants had been swindled. Horrible work conditions, unfair wages, and racism were just the start. Laws made against immigrants limited their mobility economically and geographically, and many were forced to make Hawaii their permanent home. Change of plans. Wanting more control of their workforce, plantation owners believed married men would drink and gamble less, and providing for a family required steady income, hence plantation work. And not podcasting. So like the labor force, the elites tapped Asia once again to find women to bring over as wives for these laborers. This is how the picture bride, or mail-order brides, became popularized in Hawaii. Picture brides were women, usually from Japan or Korea, who were arranged to be married through picture alone. Usually, these women came from poor families in hopes of a better life. Unfortunately, some of these women were tricked into marriage. Often, men would use a picture of a younger friend or even an old picture of their young self to attract the bride. That's messed up. Old school catfish. These women would arrive to Hawaii after a long trip by ship, only to find the young man they thought they were marrying was really decades older. We call that an old foot. The story goes, a young Japanese picture bride, horrified to find her new husband was an alcoholic 20 years her senior, is understandably upset. Instead of accepting her fate, as most of the unfortunate picture brides were forced to do, she vocally expressed her anger. She berated him for pulling the old switcheroo. Her new husband would have none of that, and on her first night in Hawaii as a new bride, he beat her to death in a drunken rage. The husband wakes up the next morning covered in blood, his new bride beaten unrecognizable. Her white wedding kimono stained red. He dumped the body in a remote area of the plantation and goes on with his life. For weeks, the incident goes undiscovered until finally her body is found 
face down in a ditch by several children on their walk home. When the police turn the body over, they find an empty, bloody cavern where the woman's eyes, nose, and mouth used to be. The poor woman's face had been completely eaten away by rats. According to the story, no one knew the woman had traveled to Hawaii to be the old man's wife, as record-keeping back then was shoddy at best. He was never suspected of the murder. The Jane Doe was buried at the cemetery near the plantation in an unmarked grave. Unintentionally making her final resting place several hundred yards away from where she was brutally beaten to death. The Wailai Theater was built next to the cemetery that became her final resting spot. The faceless woman does not appear to be exclusive to the theater alone. If there was any other place on the island where people have encountered the faceless woman, of course it would be on the old Polly Road. Episode 7, Plug. Drivers slow down to see a woman back turned to the vehicle standing on the side of the dark road. Some people stop to assist. Some just slow down to look. Either way, they find themselves staring at the faceless woman. Some people connect this entity seen on the Polly Road with the picture bride beaten to death because of rumors that the husband dumped her body somewhere along the road where rats and mongoose devour her face. A ghostly apparition with no face and a woman brutally murdered with her face eaten away by rodents seems eerily similar. But that's not all. A school in the vicinity of the cemetery and former drive-in also have reports of witnessing the same haunting apparition in the woman's restroom. Nope, I'm just gonna hold it. Female students would see the faceless lady appear in the reflection of the mirror, standing directly behind them. Rumor is, the school had to remove the mirrors from the restrooms to reduce the sightings. The theater itself closed in 1986 and was eventually demolished. An upscale subdivision and mall currently stand in its place. For me personally, I was afraid of this Obake after seeing her firsthand 
on Glenn Grant's TV special. Yeah, that doesn't count. Chicken Skin, Tales of Supernatural Hawaii, was a TV special that came out in the mid-90s that was broadcast locally. That dramatized clip of Hawaii's infamous obake terrified me as a child. For real. I was told back in Hawaii they play the old TV special around Halloween. Let me know if you're able to catch it. For those of you who haven't seen the special or the image that scared me so much as a kid, Uncle Jared came through. Stop with the third person. I got a screen grab from the clip, which I'll post in the show notes. So the question, does demolishing a haunted location get rid of the ghost? If that was the case, Hawaii wouldn't have the amount of stories it does. My point might be proven by the ghoul itself. Not only has the faceless woman been seen on the old Polly Road and the school, but stories have come in of sightings in the restroom of the mall located in the area as well. I'm curious to know, do residents also encounter the faceless woman in their own homes? Imagine that. Although nothing bad really happens to the victims of the faceless woman, besides a little scare and chase, being a person to witness something like this would be terrifying. So was the Nopera Bo seen in Hawaii brought over by immigrants from Japan? Or is the spirit of the murdered picture bride unable to move on to the other side? Either way, each of these stories were based on real sightings. So where did these tales come from? A scary book? YouTube video, my imagination. I wish. These stories were based on a newspaper article written by Bob Kraus that was featured in the Honolulu Advertiser back in 1956. Kraus was a journalist who wrote for the publication for a staggering 55 years until his death in 2006. If you want to see the article... I was able to find a copy of it. Shoutoutnewspapers.com Which I'll post in my Instagram, ghostlore.of.hawaii as well as link to it in the show notes. So what do you think? Does the faceless woman have a connection to the cemetery that was next to the theater? That cemetery still stands, along with gravestones, over a century old. Although many years have passed, I still have the innate fear of the faceless woman of the Wailai Drive-In. To this day, 
I wouldn't want to meet her face to face. I want to thank you all so much for continuing to listen to this little passion project. Every listener, thank you, thank you, thank you. Those of you who've reached out via social media or email, a special mahalo to you. It warms my heart knowing that you enjoy the podcast. I try to be as interactive as I can with followers on social media, and so I really do feel connected to y'all's lives. If this all ended tomorrow, just knowing that it entertained some of you made it all worth it. So again, thank you a million times. Pop that green bottle. Spark up that paranormal pakalolo. Stay healthy. I love you all. Shoots. Laters. That dramatiza- dramatiz- that dramatized that dramatized clip not even a real word drive-in theaters were frequent were fr- were frequent were frequented <laughs> f- frequent drive-in theaters were frequent were freak drive-in theaters were fr- frequent drive-in theaters were frequented were fr- were frequent frequented were frequented drive-in theaters were freaking frequent (laughs) drive-in theaters were frequented by teens looking for a safe place (laughs) got it